Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and get excited, Sarah J. Mass fans, because today we are finally diving into the Throne of Glass fandom. And when I say we, I mean me and our lovely correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hi. So I'm late to the party with Throne of Glass, but I'm here and I'm excited. Oh, samesies. Yes. And the reason that we're mainly diving into Throne of Glass is because we are trying to bust a mission, basically. Mission impossible, as far as trying to get as far as we possibly can in the Throne of Glass series before Crescent City 3 comes out. I mean, we're on book one. We'll see how far we get. (laughs) But I know I got really excited in terms of catching on to some Easter eggs and little parallels here and there. But I was like, oh, I see what she did here. Oh, man, this is so exciting. (laughs) But because we have read both the Akatar series and Crescent City, how does Throne of Glass compare to Akatar and Crescent City, in your opinion? As some of you are familiar with Def, I know definitely you know, Akatar was my first series. You're the one who introduced me, and I was like, okay, I got this. I fell in love with Akatar. It's my number one series right now. And then you introduced me to Crescent City. Now, with Akatar, I wasn't inherently lost when right. I read the book. The introduction to the world was very quick, like in the first couple of chapters. I knew kind of the history of the relationship between the two worlds. But when Crescent City came around, I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that for some reason, because I'm not a big urban fantasy reader. So I couldn't get a handle on this idea if I had not read Ekatar first, I would have been just as lost with Throne of Glass as I was with Crescent City. But since I read Ekatar first, I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew everything was connected mm-hmm. and it was a much easier read for me. And I really didn't get any of the Easter eggs, but that was because I was listening to the audiobook. And I think okay. while I was at work, so I think it went in through one ear. And then not the other. (laughs) Okay. I'm definitely with you because with Throne of Glass being her first series, it was a more challenging read. And again, the world building was really slow. And I was like, okay, when are we going to get to it? (laughs) And I don't know. I'm just counting my lucky stars that I started with Akatar first and then went to Crescent City and then, I don't know, graduated to Throne of Glass. But I also thought Throne of Glass was so tame compared to Akatar in Crescent City. And I know it's not deemed spicy. I want to say Akatar was her first romanticy and or young adult series. That's how it was categorized. So, I mean, I'm in for the ride for sure. But at the same time, I was down to, again, find those Easter eggs look for any crossover moments that I could or any parallels, but I don't know. I'm really excited. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And I read the synopsis of the second book. Oh, okay. And kind of got, you know, spoiled. Like I'm on TikTok, obviously. I see fan art. I know essentially what's already happened in the series. Mm -hmm. Like I'm already spoiled and I don't, I don't mind that. 
but I read up on the second book and I am so excited because I, just, I feel like everything's going to connect with the second book. <laughs> yes. I've started the second book. I'm early into the second book, but we'll dive into the second book on another episode. Yeah. So we're going to do daily check-ins on what chapters are on. Cause I will probably start it tonight. I'll be real. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? I am so ready. Let's do this. All right. This is part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not read Throne of Glass, we are about to spoil it for you. All right. So again, to compare this to the Akatar series, when I see Valeris, I think Switzerland. When you think Rifthold, what city in this world do you think of? Like where where's Rifthold on the map for you? I went online and looked at fan art to get an idea, but the search results kind of combined numerous locations in the book under one picture so that didn't really help (laughs) okay but i'm thinking rifthold was kind of giving me an eastern european city feel okay so kind of like budapest maybe oh okay we're not too far off okay what what was your i was thinking croatia oh okay yeah that's funny because wait until i tell you my uh location for adderlin (laughs) What, okay, so what is your location for Adderlin? <laughs> Dubrovnik. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the same wavelength. We really are. Okay. Yeah. Because I I mean, I only had Croatia in mind. I didn't even have a city. I was like, <laughs> somewhere in Croatia. It's giving Game of Thrones. And Croatia has some seaside spots too. So we'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll, they've got set locations. We'll make this work. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting to get answers from you for because you were my... You're my Easter egg queen, pretty much. So what Easter eggs and or parallels did you find from Throne of Glass? I feel so ashamed because like I said, I listened to the audiobook from what I could remember. And I'm getting myself a notebook and I'm going to write down my notes once I start the second book okay. because of this. For the first book, mm-hmm. I do remember runes being, you know, they're obviously a massive thing. Right. And I kind of want to say that they're related to the language in Prithian. Also, how Cain was able to summon portals is probably how everyone in the multiverse might be able to get back to their own home. And also the sword that Elena has, Damaris, I feel is somehow related with Ekatar. So we're, we're definitely on the same wavelength as far as what we refer to as runes. Sarah J. Mass is themed as word marks or word gates, which open portals. Which I'm curious as to, did that help Bryce go through a portal in Crescent City? Because she already had Luna's horn, and then she already had the sword on her back. The star sword that she had on her back, did that have word marks on it? Is she a, a word key in, in her own sense? And I know that in Akatar, when Feyre was learning how to read in Spring Court, there was just a mural of a foreign language that she couldn't read because it was made up of a different language. It didn't make sense when I was like, okay, it's just a random faith language, whatever. And not reading, you know, Throne of Glass ahead of time, I did not put two and two together. And I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. And there's also the Rune Mountains. I was looking at the map in the hard copy. There's always a map of of whatever land she's talking about uh, before you you know, dive into the book. 
and you see Rune Mountains and it's spelled differently than Rune Danan. But I was like, I see what you did there. Oh. oh. And then the Ritterac monster that Selena <laughs> fought. I looked it up on fandom and it's illustrated similar to what Bryce fought in the first Crescent City book in terms of right after Danica died. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. There are parallels. And in regards to the word marks again, so third book, Wings and Ruin, and they go to Summer Court and Feyre and Amran are on this mission to get the Book of Breathing. And Amran has to go along because it there's a foreign language on it that only she can read because she's old. She is the only one who's competent enough to read foreign languages that are older than the rest of the Fae. And my hunch is that it could be the language from Throne of Glass, whether they be word marks or word keys, etc. That so. sounds really good. All right. When did Throne of Glass start getting really good for you? When did it finally take off? So once again... The get past the first couple of hundred pages hit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get into Throne of Glass until Selena started to have dreams and met with Elena. Absolutely. That one was that was when I was hooked and I couldn't put it down. Right. That was the game changer. That was yes. I was like, you have my attention. Oh, you're being haunted by one of your ancestors? Tell me more. <laughs> You found a hidden hallway behind a tapestry in your bedroom? Yes. What was the biggest plot twist for you? So while reading this, I honestly thought it was the king who was personally summoning the creature to kill off the champion so that king could win. And in a roundabout way, it kind of was the king. Yes. But I had no idea that one, the king already chose a champion, which was mm -hmm. king. Right. And... That the king used the tournament as a way to get rid of any rivals. And that Kane was the one who was actually performing the summoning. That was a plot twist for me. Because I thought I had to figure it out. Mm -hmm. and I kind of did, but not really. Like, um, it was the king. But I thought he was the one who was actually in the tomb doing the summoning spell. Yeah, I'm not here to say you're wrong. I feel like he's still, he's definitely a major player. And Kane's not smart enough to do that shit on his own. He's really not. He kept getting stronger and stronger in the process. I was like, well, who's going to clue him in on this? Because we know Parrington's in on it too. So when Parrington outsmarted Caltaine and gave her a dose of her own medicine and just turned on her so hard and so fast, I was like, okay, you're smarter than you look. All right, I'll give you that one, Parrington. I think he's another puppet for the king. And the king just gave him direction while he was away. Yes, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. And both the king and Parrington are practicing magic. And that was my game changer. I was like, so let me get this straight. You guys go and banish magic, go and burn all the magic in the history of magic on their continent, only for the king and Parrington to be the only ones using it. And word marks and word gates are the only keys to using magic tentatively. And only the king can see the mark on Selena's forehead. That I was like, oh, yeah, king's definitely practicing magic. You're not human. What is going on here? So that was my game changer, was the king and Parrington using magic. And last but not least, what are you most excited to read about in book two of Throne of Glass? I'm curious to see how the portals are going to come into play okay. in book two. But also... I know there's a certain library with a certain creature that I'm excited to read about. I also am curious to see if Selena is going to learn more about the mark on her forehead. 
And so obviously Kale and Selena are going to come together and then fall apart. So I'm curious to read about that journey and how that happens. I'm right there with you. I hope it gets interesting. I'm I'm waiting for that part to really take off. But I'm really curious to see where the necklace she wears, the eye of Elena. Yeah. I want to see that come into play. I was like, okay, I feel like it's not a horcrux. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is going to help you in the long run. <laughs> help me understand. And I want to see Elena come back in more dreams. I want some answers. And Selena's just so passive aggressive. I was like, if one of my ancestors came to me in my dreams, I'd listen. I'd, I was like, what generational curse are you trying to get me to break? Help me now. I'm here for it. Please write it on the wall. Text me. I'm here. Let's do this. So I don't think Elena's a bad guy here. If you could just chill for a moment, ma'am, and listen to your ancestors, I'm sure she'll help you out when necessary. She did in one of the tests, right? Mm-hmm. Just look to your right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in L.A., at 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves, including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 Moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. Founded in 2021, the Nerf Herder Co. was created as a way for people to bring their favorite fandoms into their homes and out into the world in a luxurious, chic way. The Nerf Herder Co. offers candles, wax melts, fragrance mists, and now has expanded into apparel. The Nerf Herder Co. offers a wide range of fandoms from Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, books such as Akatar, and more. New releases are dropped on an almost weekly basis, and they always love to get suggestions for future releases from customers. Looking to donate some of your old books to a good home? Look no further than your local Little Free Library. Little Free Library is a nonprofit organization based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. Their mission is to be a catalyst for building community, inspiring readers, and expanding book access for all through a global network of volunteer-led Little Free Libraries. For more information on Little Free Library, head on over to the link in our show notes. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for a new, fun, fandom episode of the Fangirls Podcast. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Sarah J. Mass, Bloomsbury Publishing, Amazon or Audible. We're just really big fans. We're probably going to buy different versions of Crescent City 3 and send each other the bonus chapters. <laughs> <laughs>
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.